on today's episode of the Just Jazz podcast, we will be back from our two-week hiatus talking about the Jazz, what has happened over the previous 12 games, um, catching you up on all things Jazz basketball, going over a little bit of Q next, keeping up with Quinn, um, what's going on around the rest of the league, and always our buzzer beating hot takes. All right, Max, here we go. Left-hand dribble, hands off the memo, for money, yes! Cash it in the bank! Runs it to Burks, catch and shoot three, no. Rebound, oh my! I gotta see that over and over again. Played by who? Mitchell. This is the Just Jazz podcast. Your weekly podcast for Utah Jazz game analysis, news, rumors, predictions, undying love, and more. We're your hosts, Zach and Max, back with another week of Utah Jazz basketball talk. Um, sorry for the, the quick break we had to take, but we're excited to be back talking about Utah Jazz basketball, what we like, a little bit of what we don't like, and the bright future we have ahead for the Utah Jazz. Um, but Zach, how things been from your perspective the last two weeks? How the jazz looking? Well, first of all, I want to say we do apologize for the past uh, couple weeks not getting episodes out. I've actually been in Utah for um, like 10 days and I forgot my microphone in Hawaii. So we were not able to record while I was gone. Um, so it's just been a little bit hectic. But, you know, Max, things are starting. No. They're not concerning yet. Um, you know, we we have dropped uh, four of the last five. Um, you know, but I do like where we're at. I think there's a lot of good that uh, that can come from from these last couple weeks, and you know, but it's getting to the point where you look and you say, okay, Utah, it's, it's time to do something. It's time that we, uh, we make some moves. We, we got to get going here. I agree. And I also want to apologize real quick. I was in Texas for some work training. Um, and so that was some more excuses, but you know, the jazz, since we talked last have gone six and five, um, I would have expected, um, a little bit of a better record, but I don't think it's time to panic. The Jazz start off slow every year. As much as we hate it, they start off slow every year. Donovan eventually finds his groove. The threes start falling. The defense sinks up. Um, you know, it's it's not over yet, obviously, but there is some reasons to be concerned. There is some reasons to be optimistic. Um, and I think that I'll start that off um, by saying, you know, the high note, I think, for the Jazz moving forward is that we've got the return of Rudy Gay to look forward to. And, you know, just the health of the team is still still intact. We had some weird stuff going on. Uh, you know, Pascal Pascal's face infection, um, you know, some other minor tweaks here and there with some of the players. But, you know, we're coming back to be full strength. And once that happens, I think that we're going to start figuring things out and the, it'll start looking better for us. 
Yeah, you know, that's uh, there's there's been some really weird things going on with this team. And kind of the one that I want to focus on is uh, is shooting. What what is going on? Like, why can the Utah Jazz not shoot? Is it is it the new ball? Like what? That's that's what I don't understand. So right now, through um, 13 games, the Utah Jazz are shooting as a team 32.1 percent. Um, that's good for 27th in the NBA. Um, we go back to last year. And I believe we were we were top five. We shot thirty eight point nine percent as a team, um, which was good enough for fifth place. And the year before, we shot thirty eight. We're a very consistent thirty eight percent three point shooting team, and that just isn't happening right now. Um, and I don't, I don't, I like, it doesn't, I don't know, Max, it like, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I don't know what's going on. So I, I told you about this. It was following our loss to the bulls. Um, the NBA.com came out with their power rankings the following week. And this was kind of a summary of, of the jazz and why they were where they were. Um, it's been a few weeks since this, post came out, but I think it's still standing true. The percentages aren't accurate anymore. And I didn't check up to see exactly what they are, but um, it still rings true. I think these are problems the Jazz are facing. It says the efficient shots are there. The Jazz lead the league in the percentage of their field goal attempts, 80%, that have come from the restricted area or three-point range, but they're not sharing the ball all that much. In fact, their assist rate, assist to field goals made, of 45.7% would be the lowest mark for any team in the last 43 seasons. Part of their drop is an increase in in putbacks. They lead the league with 4.3 per game, but they've also seen the league's biggest drop in ball movement, passes per 24 minutes of possession, according to second spectrum tracking. Mitchell has seen a small jump in usage rate, but a big drop in the percentage of his buckets that have come assisted um, which was 28% last season to just 14.6 this season. The Jazz's loss in Chicago on Saturday was their worst offensive game by wide margin of the season and came with Mitchell's highest usage rate by a wide margin of the season. Last season, the Jazz were four and six in the 10 games. Mitchell registered a usage rate of 38% of higher. And if you remember, I, I talked about this a lot. Like I hated when Donovan Mitchell had a high usage rate because we would lose and you know, right there, it says we were four and six. Like that's not even, you know, it's not even 50, it's close to 50, 50, but I mean, it's not good. Like when Donovan Mitchell is forcing up these shots and like, I love Jordan Clarkson. That's how he plays. But like, we are not sharing the ball. We are not driving and kicking as much as we need. And I think that worse, like I get so frustrated. Like sometimes those deep balls go in, but like, I don't like when we hoist up these deep threes so early in the shot clock. I wish, I know that's where we shoot the best, like the first eight seconds of the shot clock. But I think that we need to move the ball around more. It's not working for us right now. And we need to get, you know, our assist rate up. It's, it's not looking good. Our, we're not getting each other involved and it's, it's hard to watch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm showing right now we're averaging 20.4 assists, which is good for 28th in the NBA. Like, that is not 
a great number um, to have. It's especially not great because, yeah, we have Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, we have Jordan Clarkson. But beyond that, I mean, bogey. But, like, these aren't, like, consistent go-to, like, can get a bucket anytime. Like, I mean, obviously, Jordan Clarkson spied a can. But it's not consistent. It's not reliable. It's not – even more so than that, it's not sustainable. We can't rely on these two guys to go and force these baskets game in, game out. It's just not going to work. Yeah, I mean, one one thing that is really working for us, and I do want to point this out, we are number one in the league in two-point field goal percentage. Um, as a team, we're shooting 58% from two. Um, we're the number one team in free throws um, made per game and number two team in free throws attempted, but our percentage is horrible. Yeah. We're only shooting 70, like, as a team, 78%. It's, it's 11th as as a team so i mean we're getting that bad we're getting to the line um we're making our twos but it's our three-point shot that's just so so bad right now we're and i think 27th in the league at threes with 32.1 percent which is pretty bad denver nuggets okc and the pistons are behind us yeah like this is this is something that's starting to get a little concerning but i mean you know you look at it and you have Bojan Bogdanovic, who's a 40% guy. He's at 34.7. You have Donovan Mitchell, who's you know 38%, 39% last year. He's at 32%. Royce O'Neal, who's around a career 38%. He's only at 30%. Um, and I think you know part of it, so the only players that we have that are above 40%, like right where they are, are Mike Conley at 42.9% and Joe Ingles at 41. But Joe Ingles needs to shoot the ball more. Like, He's too I don't get why Joe – like, Joe is the all-time three-point leader for the Jazz. Like, he's a bona fide shooter, and he's, he's always been hesitant. Yes, but I don't I don't think it's it's been this bad. So, he's at 4.7 um, threes this year. Last year, he was at 6.1. Well, I'm not justifying it. It's just he's yeah, always been so, hesitant. I mean, he's so he's gone 2017, 2018. He was at 5'7, 2018, 2019, 5'9, 2019, 2020. He dropped to 4'9, um, which was a weird year for everyone um, on the Jazz. And then last year he was at 6'1, and this year at 4'7. So he's, you know, he's shooting significantly less than, than his average in the, in the past couple of years. And it's just like, dude, like what? shoot the ball, Joe, like you're one of our best three point shooters and he's passing up shots to give it to other players that aren't necessarily shooters. Yeah. And you know, you kind of hate to say it, but you don't hate to say it because we love the minivan, but he was one of our best three point shooters last year and he's lighting it up for the Sixers, but we, that his shooting was replaced by Pascal's like Pascal's shooting isn't anywhere near like I don't have the number do you have it right there I don't know if you do but his three-point percentage is not um, very good yeah so EP is shooting 25.8 percent from three yeah I think Niang was shooting like between 42 and 44 percent last year and so that is killing us like not I mean it's not killing us but that's putting a big dent in our three-point percentage replacing Pascal's th- or Niang's 
three-point shooting with Pascals. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that that kind of is the biggest thing. George Niang this year shooting 39% um, from three, shooting six attempts a game. George is really good. George Niang's putting together a very, very good year. People He's lining it up. Say, it's awesome. I miss him. Um, George, George Niang's averaging 12 points on – He's <laughs> George Niang is very, very close, Max, to being 50, 40, 90. Jeez. Well, people say what they want about the minivan. He's having a heck of a year. And I think, you know, that is something that the Jazz are missing is, especially if Joe's playing timid like he he is, um, you know, it's it's really hard to come out and, and say, hey, you know, this is, uh, this is what we – like we we need someone to just come in and just be be a shooting threat because Clarkson's a scoring threat, but Clarkson can give it to you from anywhere, um, you know. But we need we need someone to come in and say, okay, as soon as he touches the ball, and I noticed that playing the Heat, so I was able to go to the Heat game. Um, Duncan Robinson and I get you know Duncan Robinson's one of the elite three point shooters in the NBA. But Duncan Robinson is so elite that, and the Jazz don't have this, just someone that's going to just run around constantly. And anytime he touches the ball, you're scared that he's going to shoot. And, you know, he's coming off screens, he's trying to get open, and it makes our defender have to work so, so hard. And I don't feel like we have that in a guy. You know, Clarkson's going to give it to you ISO. Yeah, you know? True. Joe is just going to give it to you spot up. Bogey's going to give it to you spot up. But there's no guys that are coming off screens, you know, fighting to get open. And I think that's kind of what you're missing. I agree. I, I've always admired those type of players. Like Steph Curry is so awesome because he never stops moving. Like people yeah. that hate on him, I don't understand. Like obviously it's frustrating to watch him light you up, but he is so fun to watch because he just doesn't stop. He just runs around. He runs his defenders into the ground, gets a ball, and he's wide open. If not, he makes something happen. It's just so impressive. And we we do lack that. We don't have a Steph Curry. We don't have a, a Duncan Robinson. Um, you know, those, that type of player that's going to create open looks without having the ball in his hand. Because, I mean, when you watch the Jazz right now, we have four guys standing around, three around the three-pointer while the other fourth has a ball in the hand and then someone in the paint, either Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside. There's not much off-ball movement. And, you know, we either settle for a really bad shot or if we're lucky, whoever has the ball drives and kicks. But it's usually, you know, we just force up this shot. And I'm not I'm not satisfied. We need, we need better. I, I think the Jazz can do better. We've seen, we always talk about, putting it, you know, how the jazz put the other team through a blender and we just need to get the blender going again. Like that's, that's really what it comes down to. If we don't have someone that's moving off ball, we got to get the blender going and uh, we got to get that assist rate up. We got to get our three point percentage rate. Um, I would like to know how many of our shots that we've taken this year from the three point line are open, like with a defender more than like whatever it is, four to so, six. The one thing, one thing I have heard, um, you know, they were asking Quinn about that. Um, about our poor three-point percentage because we are down 6% from, from last year. And, you know, the minivan, he's, he's not – it's not just him. You know, it's not just losing him. 
you know, it, I think it's it's everyone. It's it's Bojan. It's it's Clarkson. It's well, Clarkson broke his three point every game streak and yeah, then which, just like twenty something straight threes. That's really honestly, honestly. Thank goodness for that because I couldn't stand Bowler Jack. <laughs> talking about that him. every like it was brought up so much, and I'm like, thank you for getting this out. Like I don't want this. Um, it was for the better. It's for the better that it's gone. But like Quinn was like, no, we're getting the same quality shots that we were getting last year. Like the the quality that we're having is is there. However, like we're just we're just simply not hitting. It's shots that we normally hit, and I think you know part of that has to do with just getting back into the flow of things. I do think things will turn around. This is classic. This is classic Utah Jazz basketball. Like the first, they frustrate the crap out of you. They frustrate the crap out of you. But gosh dang it, Max, I, I said it last year around this same point in the year, and I'll say it again, okay? The Utah Jazz are the best team in the NBA. That's what I like to hear. That's that's pure confidence. I'm pretty sure last, last year I remember I said that to Max. After we had lost to the New York Knicks. Which... Granted, they did have a good season last the year. The Knicks, the Knicks turned out to have a very good year. But early on, they were still unrespected. Yeah, it was it was not a good start. I believe at that time we were a 500 team. I think I we that. that was our eighth game of the year. I believe four we were four. Four and four. I remember that. And I I said we are the best team in the NBA. And Max said, no, we are not. <laughs> he pumped the brakes. And I said, Max, have a little faith, brother. Okay, and that's what I'm saying to you Jazz fans now. Have a little faith, brother. Okay, because the Jazz, we're figuring this out. We, we're having a great offensive year. I believe we're top five in offensive efficiency. Um, and we're top two in defense, or top five in defense as well. And we still haven't figured out how to shoot the ball. Like, that's pretty incredible. Like, because we're the number one shooting team um, on two-point percentage and the number one shooting team on free throws attempted, like, the moment we, we figure out how to shoot, because everyone in this organization knows that we can shoot, like, the Jazz aren't just looking at one of the best offensive efficiencies in the league they're looking at one of the best of all time like like you're not you're not being the best two-point shooting team you know shooting 38 percent as a team from three and getting to the line more than any team and not having one of the greatest offensive seasons ever that a team's seen so we're gonna figure it out and i think one key piece um in doing that is bringing into this this veteran you know bringing in the biggest piece of the offseason and finally seeing what this team is made of and, and the team that, that, you know, Justin Zanuck put together this off season. And that's Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay today um, was, he a was the guy. Practice. He like Rudy, Rudy Gay was the guy that Ryan Smith flew to his house and said, Hey, I want you like, you're not, you're not flying to, you know, three people's house. You're not flying to, Batum's house and then Tory Craig's house and then like making a stop at, at Rudy Gay. No, if you're if you're an owner, you're making one stop. Well, and, and that, that, that's Ryan Smith isn't uh you know 
part of the staff. You know, he this is a, a multi-million dollar business. So like this guy's freaking loaded, has so much on his plate. Uh and he flies to a player's house. He was all in. He he bought in on Rudy Gay and it showed. Oh yeah. And you know, I think that that's a that's a very big thing. And and so we're gonna my my bet is we see Rudy Gay this week. I think we could see him even tomorrow in the Sixers game. I really hope so. I, I it's gonna be exciting to see. He he's not uh he's not a terrible shooter, but he's reliable enough and he he statistically has great defense. Um he's a veteran. Uh he and Conley play great together. Um there's a lot to look forward to. I think that he's gonna fill some gaps in. I think uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, there's going to be a lot to look forward to. And uh, there's still com- some questions to see how he performs, especially after his heel surgery, but um, I'm excited. I think it's going to provide us a little bit of boost of energy that we need. Yeah. So, I mean, Rudy Gay's a, a 17 point career average guy. Um, last year he shot 38% from the three, but a career 35% three point shooter, um, you know, but the thing I'm excited for is just to get a big body, 6'8", 250. Like, you know, I think that's another thing. There was a lineup that I saw um, in that heat game that I was at that, um, you know, it was it was Rudy, Don, Mike, Royce, JC. That's four players under six foot five. That's that's tough. It's 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 tough to do, Max. It's it's tough to have a, a lineup that small, even with Rudy being that big, because you know when other teams are out there putting guys six seven six eight, it's it's tough to, um, to see that. Yeah, the Jazz are small, and especially, I mean, I think we heard that the Heat kind of played super physical. They came out and kind of roughed up the Jazz. Um, I saw a tweet uh, that said the book is basically out on the jazz. Be physical with them. They're going to get frustrated. They're going to force shots and turn the ball over. They're going to lose their composure on D Miami did that. And through a well-oiled zone D at Utah, that'll do the trick. Uh, I mean, we're, we're small. We're, we get frustrated and to these tough de- defenses, these, these bigger players that can rough us up for some reason, they get the best of us. You know, we, it's funny because usually the small scrawny teams like the jazz, they're able to light up the other teams by the three point shot. Like you look at, remember back to when you played basketball growing up or in high school, you know, like when the other team was bigger, you, you shot deeper shots. And if you were a good three point shooting team, you could beat these bigger, stronger teams, the more athletic teams, just because you had the shooting ability. We have that ability, but for some reason we get roughed up and it gets in our head and it's, it's hard to watch at times. But I think that's just part of us figuring it out. And it, it got us in the playoffs last year. Um, there's a lot of people losing trust in Quinn, but I, I trust Quinn. I think we're going to figure it out. He's he's not going to just let us keep hoisting these threes. He has, uh, he has a playbook. He has schemes that he's preparing and perfecting that we're going to figure how to beat these, these tough teams. So one, one stat I do want to bring up, the Utah Jazz lead the league in technical fouls are you serious like how about that rudy go bear fight the rudy two games in a row the french hug um you know the uh the turner and then Dwayne deadman 
Like it was, it was too straight. And, you know, I think, I think the jazz are really frustrated. They're frustrated with the way that, that things are being called, um, you know, and, and I think it really, it really does hurt the jazz because, you know, they do feel like they're getting a, an unfair whistle. And, you know, some of that is justified, but some of it you have to learn to play through. Like, like we, we, we knew it playing basketball growing up, like you're not going to get every single call. You got to learn how to play through it. But yeah, you definitely can tell that, uh, that this team is, is very frustrated. And, um, you know, one, one thing that, uh, I think Andy Larson said is, you know, this feels a lot like after that Philly loss, the, uh, you know, that, that ejection that the jazz had, um, in, in the Indiana games, like, you know, we had our three of our top guys get, get ejected. And, and he said, you know, this is the jazz went on a run after that. They figured it out. They, they got the league on notice and, you know, they started getting the whistle that they deserved. And, you know, I think that's, that's how it's, how it's going to be. You know, the jazz, they, they threw this fit. And now I, I, I truly feel like we got a run um, that's coming up and we have that schedule, Max, we have a schedule that's going to allow us to go on a run. So to finish out the month of November, um, we go Philly on Tuesday, the Raptors on Thursday, Sacramento on Saturday. Then we go Grizzlies at home, Thunder on the road, Pelicans at home, Pelicans at home, Blazers at home. So that's a very, very strong end to the month. And there's a lot that can be done there. There's a lot that we can win. And I think we have a very, very strong finish of the month. And we, we go into December and that's when we start rolling. But, you know, this is classic Utah. We've, we've seen this before. The jazz start slow and then we figure out how to turn it on. Yeah. It's just how it is. It's part of the part of being a jazz fan. You just got to expect a slow start. You're going to have to second guess everything and then they're going to start clicking and then you're going to be super excited. They'll lose some really bad games here and there. And then off to the playoffs we go. Um, it's going to be really fun um, to see Georgia Sneeing again. Um, I think that we should win that game. It'll be fun to see the Raptors. They're playing scrappy as ever. And um, I think we'll win. I'll be at the Kings game, thankfully, on Saturday. It's actually my dad's birthday and my sister's birthday. Uh, my younger sister, Mia, uh, had her 14th birthday on the 7th of this month. And so her and my dad are flying up. We're going to go to the game together. I'm really excited Did for that. The Deloitte tickets this time? No, no Deloitte tickets yet. Um, and what the actual poop? So yeah, I think we're we're winning those three games. Realistically, I think the Jazz should only lose one game the rest of this month. I agree. You know, I I think we have the uh, it, capability to do that. It's going to be Philly. Or the Blazers, but I don't think it's going to be either because the Blazers are struggling and Philly, I mean, they're playing good, but I think we're going to be able to get them. We have two days of rest. We're at home. I think we're going to be able to, to pull off a 3-0 week and uh, finish the month with only one loss at, mat- at most. I'm trying. <laughs> the, the Philadelphia 76ers, Max. Posted on the ninth, so that would have been Tuesday. 
And it was a meme of this like girl crying and it says, thank you for changing my life. And then it's a photo of George's kneeing and it says, I'm literally a minivan. <laughs> Sixers Twitter loves George's dude. It's so awesome. <laughs> and the fact that we are at this point where the Philadelphia Sixers are talking about how this man came in and changed their life really shows how we are as jazz fans, because I love George's kneeing, but honestly, I loved to see him gone. And now, no. I, miss him. now I miss him. Mag- I'm, I'm I miss gonna, him so hashtag, much. Hashtag accountability. I wish George Niang was on this team because I miss somebody that can just come in and just hoist three threes and change the game. Yeah. And as hard as it is to see him gone, like he, he never was able to put it together in the playoffs and that's what we needed him to perform. Like we're not trying to get to the playoffs and blow it up every year. Like we're trying to get to the playoffs and, and win. win and move on. And like, if we don't, if you're not going to be able to show up in the playoffs, especially after however many years that Niang had a chance to, as hard as it is, we had to say goodbye. And, you know, he was an awesome locker room presence. He had an awesome nickname, you know, like fan favorite, but you know, it just, it wasn't going to work and we had to move on. And, you know, we got Pascal and Rudy Gay now and, uh, you know, Butler and some other people. And, you know, we miss Niang. We're glad it's working out for him. He's well-oiled machine. So, all right, Max, let's uh, let's wrap this up. You know, the people don't want to hear from us all day. We're ranting about the jazz a little bit. It's been a couple weeks since we've done this, but buzzer beaten hot takes. So we go back a couple weeks. Max's buzzer beaten hot take is that we're going to destroy the Bulls. Yeah, that, that was a bust. Zach's buzzer beaten hot take was that the jazz – that Don is going to put up 30 and go off against the Denver Nuggets. Don had 22, one of nine from three, nine of 20 from the field. However, we did beat the Denver Nuggets. Suck it, Denver. Um, all right, Max, this week, buzzer beating hot take. What do you got? Um, you know, I, I, I feel like this might be me trying to manifest it. But I'm just hoping to see a bit of a turnaround from the three-point line. And I'm predicting that we'll see. I want to say, yeah, it's 37% average for the week from three-point line. It's not great, but it's 5% above what we're at right now. So I'm, I'm saying 37% from three. Um, we're going to see some good shooting performances from the team as a whole. Um, you know what you'll have Clarkson on one night Ingles on another night and uh, that's my buzzer being a hot take what about you Zach that's what I like to hear you know I'm just excited that jazz basketball is back but I need I need to see something I need to see something from us and the player that I want to see it from has been Mr. Consistent he's really the only player that has been consistent for us this year and it's Mike Conley and I think we're going to have a big Mike Conley game. I think sometime this week, Mike Conley's going to put up 25. You know, I think Mike Conley's going to have a, a very big game for us, and he's going to win us a game this week. You know, Mike Conley is probably the player on this team that gets talked about the least. Like, we never seem to talk about Mike. but And that's just because he's been so consistent as of late that we don't feel like we need to. You know, it's not like, hey, where's Mike been? It's like, no, Mike 
Mike's giving you 15 and five. I saw something crazy about him too, that his shots per game are down like two or three shots, but his effective field goal percentage is like the highest it's ever been. So he's like shooting less, but he's shooting super high quality shots and making them. Let me pull up his stats real quick. Um, So Mike Conley on the year is 13-9 and 5-5 on 44 or 46.6% from the field, 42.9 and 88. Effective field percentage is a 59.5. Mike Conley last year was a 55.2 effective field goal percentage. So he's up 4.3%. And on his career, he's a 50.2% effective field goal. Mike Conley's having a very, very efficient year and is getting it done for us. And, you know, he's, he's at 10.5 shots and that he was at 12, five last year, you know, so, so he's down, you know, he is down that two shots, but Mike's playing very consistent. And I'm, I'm saying 25 points for Mike. I'd like to see that. And it's something to look forward to with that schedule is we only have for the rest of the month, we have one back to back and that's when we play the Pelicans on the 26th and 27th. So we'll be able to see Mike the home back to back. Yeah. But still Mike will probably sit out, but we'll be able to see him in all the other games and we're not going to be getting too tired. So I'm really excited um, to see him play and hopefully uh, get that 25 points Um, real quick before we wrap it up. We don't have time really to dive into keeping up with Quinn, but I do want to say, have some faith. Like (laughs) Quinn Snyder, like I keep seeing him put on blast. We need to trust the guy. Like the season's early. It's not all on him. I keep seeing that Quinn doesn't know how to coach. And that's why we just keep hucking up all these threes. You know, we hear from the players that they love Quinn as a coach, have some faith in the guy. Uh, he's he's going to put it together and uh, he'll be in the running for coach of the year again. Have no doubt. He'll be there. Gosh, dang it, people take freaking, freaking notes. notes. Okay. This is what we do as jazz fans. I've been waiting to say that all freaking episode. Take freaking, take freaking note. note. Okay. Oh. You know who you are. You know, if you're a listener, so just do it. Okay, this is Jazz Basketball. We love what we do. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Any final words, Max? Take freaking note. 3-0. Here we go. Let's go, baby.